and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. It's a bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot with practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Kerry, PR and Digital Engagement Manager at Karma Digital. And this week, we're taking a look into doing SEO on your HubSpot website. Here with me to chat about SEO is Paul Hogg, Performance Marketer at Karma Digital. So welcome, Paul. This is your first time on the uh, the PodSpot podcast, so I'm very excited to have you. How are you today? It is, yeah. I'm, I'm very good. The sun's still shining, so there's still some summer to be had, which is nice. And yeah, looking forward to talking about SEO. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to see the sunshine. It's just been nonstop rain for me. I don't know about you. So um, yeah, my new garden furniture will be put to good use soon, I hope. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, SEO is a really interesting topic and one that um, I always love to learn more about. So I'm excited to get all your knowledge from you. Let's start with the basics, I guess. And if I was looking at my HubSpot website, where would you suggest that I start with SEO on my website? Yeah, so SEO is is a very big topic and it I mean, it takes a lot of years of experience to, to really master and do at a high level. But there's certainly some uh, benefits that at least a lot of our listeners can take away, um, those that don't specialize in SEO. Um, and that's kind of what I want to, to bring to the conversation today. I would say um, the place to, best place to start with any SEO project, whether you're on HubSpot, WordPress, Magento, obviously today we're talking about HubSpot. The best place to start is with a keyword strategy. So you, you need to know what your customers are looking for. So one of the best one of the best tools available for this, and this is one that we use at, at Carmen, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be without. <laughs> uh, it's called Semrush. So unfortunately, HubSpot doesn't have a keyword research tool, uh, but you can sign up for a free account on Semrush. It has it has limited access to their tools, but you can you can still use it for for this purpose. Uh, if you head over to their uh, keyword magic tool and type in some of your industry terms so like ours would be um you know hubspot training hubspot onboarding digital marketing ppc those kind of keywords uh, it'll give you a whole load of ideas that you can then download and pull into a spreadsheet from that what you then want to do is it's now a case of finding a balance of what you can realistically rank for and there's a, a difficulty metric for that if you're if you're a fairly new Um, website then you're going to want to look at some of the lower difficulty keywords like maybe anything under uh, under 20 you want to start with you obviously want to make sure that people are searching for it you know it's no good trying to um it's no good trying to rank for a keyword that only you know 10 people are searching for um but at the same time you know if if 50,000 people are searching for it then it might potentially not be relevant depending on your niche um and obviously it needs to be relevant as well so those are the three criteria that you wanted to look at initially. Um, what we tend to do from here is once I've done some filtering, so keywords that are uh, realistic to rank for in terms of difficulty, have uh, a decent amount of searches and are relevant, is then group them together. So an example could be um, around HubSpot training. So if we wanted to, um, if we wanted to improve the SEO on our HubSpot website for the keyword HubSpot training. I would then find all the relevant keywords such as HubSpot courses, HubSpot upskilling, um, how to use HubSpot better, group those together, and then think about what's the best possible page we could put together to rank for those search terms. One thing that's also really useful in SEMrush is to use their organic research tool. So if you put your own website into the organic research tool, you can get an idea of what kind of difficulty you can already rank for, but also you can put competitor 
domain names in there as well. Just it is genuinely, I've been doing SEO for over seven years now, and it is by far the best tool I've ever used. So I absolutely 100% recommend starting there with your keyword strategy. And just so the listeners know, you have not been paid to say that. <laughs> no, like Semrush don't have a clue who I am. <laughs> not yeah, I guess just going back to a couple of points that you mentioned there. So I, from my understanding, SEO means search engine optimization. So I guess that's what it's all about is the optimizing your website so that it's available and it's easy to find on these kind of search engines. Is that kind of, or have I completely butchered what SEO means? <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. If you... um. If you think about search engine, at least in terms of Google anyway, because Google has you know around 80 to 90% of the market. Um, if you think about when you search for something, there's a space for ads, and then there's a space for what we call organic listings. And essentially what we're doing in SEO is trying to move your website up the organic listings. So when people search for something in Google, um, if they don't click on, on an ad, obviously a lot of people do click on ads, um, and they scroll past that, you then want to be there at the number one position. And SEO is a case of positioning your brand in there. Yeah. And I guess ideally you would want to optimize organic as much as you can because these things can obviously cost money, especially if you're a smaller business. But um, there are those obvious paid strategy um, that you can take as well. And then I just want to talk about, so you mentioned difficulty rating. So when you say that, what do you mean by difficulty? Is it because it's so competitive, it's difficult to rank higher with certain keywords? What do you kind of mean by that? So in in um, SEO, if we t- if we take a um, a very broad sweeping overview of it, it's about one third keyword research, one third on page SEO, which is something called cover, and one third link building. So. That in order to be able to rank a website number one, you need to have a good keyword strategy, good on-page SEO, and a lot of high-quality links pointing to your website. So if you take two websites, one of them has a link from, let's say, um, a Microsoft article or a BBC article, and another one doesn't have any doesn't have any links. The one that has the the link will inevitably um, rank higher than the other site. So when we talk about difficulty, it's it's an it's an arbitrary metric between zero and hundred, which gives you an idea of how many high quality links a site has to have. So if if you're a new website and you don't have any backlinks, then you're going to be competing against other sites that don't have any backlinks. Whereas if if you've got links from um, say in our space, for example, if we had links from you know Moz. Um, links from Neil Patel's website, links from Search Engine Land, then we'd have quite a high domain authority and we could rank for high difficulty. But if if we were a new business coming into the digital space, we wouldn't have those backlinks. So that's, that's really where the difficulty metric is very useful to gauge um, what our potential is. Yeah, great. And, you know, you mentioned there a good place to start is keyword strategy. So I know when you joined the business as well, you, you kind of did a bit of an audit of our agency and our website. So what does an audit entail and what do you think is important to include in that audit? So a really useful tool for this is the Google Search Console. So if you have Google Analytics installed on your website, which ideally everyone should because it's free and it's a very good tool, um, you can head over to Google uh, Search Console, the website they have for that, and plug in your uh, domain name and then it will give you um, it'll take about 24 hours to 
collect some of the data, but it will give you a list of keywords that you're already ranking for. So that way you can kind of build up a picture of um, where you're currently at. You can also use SEMrush's organic research tool, um, but it's better to get the, the information straight from Google. So that would be that would be the first place I'd look at. Um, an SEO audit is, depending on the size of the website, is quite a big topic. And I don't know if it's one that we can sincerely cover in one podcast. Um, <laughs> but basically, HubSpot actually have a really good guide on this. If you, um, if you search for HubSpot uh, SEO audit, there's a really good guide um, that comes up for that. They, I think they split it down into um, keyword audit and technical SEO. Um, and what we've basically what we've just spoken about is a keyword audit. Um, but technical SEO is a bit more in depth, especially if you're running like a an e-commerce website or like a, a software website. It's a bit more in depth. So that's maybe one that we'll cover in a in a different podcast. But I think overall the focuses should be on your site structure, your page speed, and your crawlability. What's crawlability? Basically, can um, can search engines get onto your website and understand what you're writing about? Nice. I guess that's that's the most important thing, isn't it? That people actually understand what you're talking about, because otherwise you're your kind of uh, your efforts are a bit in vain, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and naturally, the um, HubSpot CMS has very good crawlability, um, and it generally has good um, page speed. Site structure you'll want to um, you'll want to look at in context of your keyword strategy. So that's a little bit more in depth. But I mean, as long as you don't upload too many gigantic images to to your HubSpot website, then page speed shouldn't really be an issue. And that crawlability is, is good as well. There's some really great starting points and a lot of things that people can kind of take from this podcast and go away and start to, to look into. So I guess once I've got my keyword strategy in place and I've done a bit of a technical audit, what do you think are the next steps? What should I then go on to do to, to improve my SEO? So by this point, you should have an idea of the kind of things that your customers are searching for. Um, so what you need to do now is decide how you're going to target those keywords. There's a very big difference between someone searching for um, uh, HubSpot agency and how to use HubSpot. One of them is looking for services. The other one is looking for um, content. And you can you can work that out simply just by Googling the keywords and seeing what kind of things are already ranking. There's there's two things you can do here. So if you have pages that are already have already been created to rank for the uh, keywords that you found, then we can look at improving the on-page SEO. This is where on-page comes into into it. Um, if you don't already have pages, then you're going to want to create those pages. And a lot of these practices that we'll, we'll go through will uh, still uh, need to be put in place. So I'd say the first place to start is if you head over to uh, one of your pages in HubSpot CMS, then um, go to the settings tab when you're editing the page and look at the page title and meta description. Does it contain your keyword? Is it too long? Is it too short? Does the meta description clearly highlight your unique selling point? Is there a call to action such as inquire now or read the full guide or you know, download uh, download today? Those kind of things. You want to make sure that you're maximizing your use of that space. The second thing would be to, if you head over to the content tab, so you're, you're seeing the edit of the actual page now, um, make sure that your page, your page's header tag, so your H1, is using the keyword that you found in your keyword research. So 
look at the keyword with the most amount of searches and uh, a reasonable in a reasonable difficulty and make sure that your page title is called that you can add like a couple of words on afterwards um but try and keep it focused on that keyword to make it 100% clear to both people and search engines what this page is about. From here, there's you know 101 steps that I could list from here, but <laughs> obviously that's, that's not practical to anyone right now. So what I would say to do is to search for HubSpot's on-page SEO guide. So this, they've got a very comprehensive guide and quite a useful downloadable template as well. Um, so instead of me you know, sitting here listing all the steps, um, those would be the initial quick wins. And then I would go away and look at the um, HubSpot on-page SEO downloadable template. That would be my advice. Great. It kind of, I guess the marketer in me, it kind of reminds me of like hashtags on social media posts. Like when you put a hashtag that no one's really searching for, or is super long and confusing, like you're, you're kind of wasting a hashtag. And it reminds me of when you said putting the keywords in the header, kind of making sure that it's something that people are actually searching for. And I guess it, it's kind of like using a thesaurus at the start, because I imagine there's hundreds of terms and different word combinations together that people are searching for. And it's about finding the most effective one and the one that you really want to rank for. Yeah, exactly. It's it's putting a customer's shoes on and really thinking how they do. So what, um, you know, what kind of things are they looking at online? What kind of things are they searching for? Um, the more you understand your customer, the the better at this stage. Yeah, and it's, we've already kind of seen the difference for ourselves internally since you've come in, just being like, what what customer question is this piece of content answering? And, you know, are we writing content that people actually want to know about? Are they actually searching for this topic in the first place or are we just kind of writing it because we think we're going to write it? So I think, um, yeah, it, we've definitely seen the benefit from it. Um, and it really does help shape as well as your website it then helps shape your general marketing mix and the, and the content that you produce as well yeah absolutely yeah and i think that that leads on quite nicely to the next step so i'd say once you once you get your on-page seo in place and you know you have your keywords there and you followed um hubspot's really good guide um another good recommendation is backlinko they have some really good um on-page seo guides as well you can use them as checklists um the next stage here is to then move on to the link building side of things. So I think this is probably the most difficult skill in, at least in my experience of digital marketing. Essentially what you're trying to do is go to websites that are bigger than you and convince them that they need to link to your website. But what what you have here, there's a lot of companies out there that will say, we'll build you a hundred links with domain authority 90, avoid them because they honestly they will do more damage than good if you get too many spammy backlinks which is what a lot of these companies are selling then you're going to end up potentially getting a, a google penalty which will mean you don't rank in the search engine results pages at all so if it sounds too good to be true and it seems a bit shady if it's like we'll build you 50 links for 95 pounds a month it's going to do more harm than good the best thing to do here is to think in terms of value. So if you have a uh, like an online magazine or like a big blog or a publication of some sort, whatever, whatever you want to call it, in your industry, then think about what kind of content are they posting at the moment and what is my expertise? So say, for example, you're in the, the software niche and you want to write on a publication that talks a lot about APIs, for example, APIs and integrations, which is, is actually something we do with, with HubSpot. 
then look through the articles that are on there at the moment, have a look at some of the ones that have been getting shared quite a lot, and then try and come up with some ideas of, okay, what kind of article could I bring to the table? This is where you can get quite clever. If you add a Chrome extension called Hunter, you can then, when you're on the, that website, when you click that Chrome extension, it'll tell you a list of email addresses that you can contact. And if you get in touch with one of them and just explain that, you know, I really enjoy reading your blog articles. Um, I feel that I could bring this to the table. These are the kind of things we do as a company. Um, and we're planning on writing um, an article around this. It'll be around these words. Um, and it's based on this research. Would you be interested? Chances are, um, as long as this is a as long as this is a, a good publication and they're responsive to these kind of uh, they're responsive to outreach, then chances are you could well end up with a article on there. And this is what's called guest blogging. This is just one link building tactic. There, there are so many link building tactics out there. Again, it's probably a subject for another podcast. <laughs> seeing a little bit of a, a pattern here. <laughs> But what you can do is, again, HubSpot have a really good article on this. If you if you Google HubSpot link building um, and go to their article, there's they've got so many useful resources. Um, it's a case of making a checklist out of each of them and really thinking, okay, what is relevant in my niche and how can I add value to people visiting other websites? Yeah, I really like that Hunter tool. And I guess, I mean, sometimes you might think, oh, there's no point in, in trying to get in touch with this publication because the chances of us actually being accepted or them wanting us to guess black or slim. But I guess it's that it's that age old thing of you have to be in the race to know that you actually might stand a chance and you never know. They might be looking for the specific content that you have in mind or just they might have been at that point looking for more resources, more people to write about stuff. So um, I guess give it a shot. Um, and yeah, the, the whole link building thing, it reminds me of a, an old job that I used to have and I would every day just go on Google and search for our company name and look at who was mentioning us, whether it was in the news or sometimes people would, you know, include a quote from someone in the business and just being like, I really like your your content. Thanks for writing about us. But could you link back to our website? And sometimes I got no response and sometimes I did. And um, I mean, even if you have one or two people um changing that to a link it's still something isn't it yeah exactly and that's um that's a really good link building exercise to do um even just once a month because pr plays such a such an important role in but link building essentially is pr yeah but yeah making sure that um anyone that mentions your brand um links to your website is a really good practice i find anywhere between 10 to 20 percent of the the sites that I email that do that um tend to come back and say yeah we're we're happy to do that yeah I guess it's as well it's just kind of getting into the habit I suppose when you're doing things like PR like ourselves for example if we have a, a, an article going out on publications just adding in a line like oh and could you also please make sure that when you mention our agency name that you include a link and just getting into the habit because the worst thing that can happen is then say that no and they're not comfortable or sometimes people you know want to be paid to include a link etc because they obviously know the importance of link building but um i guess just getting into the habit of, of adding that extra line in yeah it, and it takes persistence but link building definitely works if it didn't work there'd be no websites on page one of google well there'd be no google if if link building didn't work <laughs> and there'd be no companies trying to sell you what is it like 80 80 new links a month yeah. or whatever <laughs> 
just just avoid them like there's i guess in business as a whole let alone digital marketing let alone seo quick wins are just not they're not they're not normally worth it it's all about adding value it's all about um you know customer experience putting the customer first wearing the customer shoes you know quick wins just generally do more harm than good yeah no definitely so i guess i mean like with everything in marketing or in business the most important stage i suppose is to understand the benefit and the results and the kind of ROI of everything that you're doing. So when it comes to SEO, how can someone then see the results of their SEO and how that's performing? Yeah, so this is this is really important um, to maintain motivation, if nothing else. Um, so I'd say there's three there's three really key places that I I look pretty much every day for all of our clients. Um, the first place I'd look is HubSpot Analytics. They've got some really great tools in there. If you, when you're when you're logged into um, your HubSpot dashboard, if you head over to Reports, then Analytics Tools, and then Traffic Analytics, and click on Organic Search, you can then see a chart of how traffic and leads have changed over time. And obviously, the goal here is to make the numbers go up. So, is that happening? Is it not? If it's, if it's not happening, then what I would recommend doing is heading over to Google Analytics. Well, I'd, I'd recommend heading to Google Analytics anyway, because it's an, uh, another fantastic free tool. Um, make, well, make sure you have Google Analytics installed on your website in the first place. It's amazing the number of businesses that don't. And please, please, please set up goals or e-commerce tracking. So, like maybe, maybe two-thirds or three-quarters of the the companies I've worked with, like the dozens and dozens of companies I've worked with over the last seven years, do not have goals or e-commerce tracking set up properly on their website. If if you want to if you want to see return on investment, if you want to know that you're making money from investing money, basically the whole point of business, then please set up goals and e-commerce tracking. Okay, run over. <laughs> if, if you uh, if you head to acquisition all traffic and then channels. In Google Analytics, this is probably one of the best views in there. By the way, if um, if you want to bookmark that, which I do, uh, <laughs> click on organic search, and then similar to HubSpot, you can see a chart and a table of how traffic uh, and inquiries and sales have changed over time. So from here, you can compare month to month, year on year, you know, quarter on quarter, season on season. However, your 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 business seasonality works. What you can then do is start to ask questions. So year on year, our organic search traffic has has dropped 23%. So why is that? What we need to do now is put this in the context of keywords. And this is where I'd head over to Google Search Console. Um, And again, as I mentioned, if you have admin access to your Google Analytics account, then uh, Search Console is very easy to set up. What you can then do, um, this is assuming you already have Search Console set up. If you don't, please set it up today. Um, What you can then do is compare um, the month you were looking at in Google, uh, year on year, and you can sort the number of clicks from each keyword by difference. And you can then see that, oh, okay, so our uh, searches for our brand name have gone down by 23% year on year. So that's potentially why our organic search traffic has gone down. Or uh, if it's gone up, let's say, quarter on quarter, you can then uh, compare that in Google Search Console sort the keywords by difference in clicks and then you can see oh okay we're now ranking for uh we're now ranking for this keyword and that's driving the additional traffic that's really valuable 
let's see if we can do some more work around keywords that are similar to then further increase our traffic. So those three places are where I'd look and that is what I would do in each of those three places. Great. So just to repeat for anyone listening, the key takeaway is to set up goals and e-commerce tracking on Google Analytics. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If They'll set up Google Analytics in the first place if you don't already and search console, but yeah, get goals and e-commerce tracking set up and then compare year on year, month on month, quarter on quarter, and ask questions, dig deeper and ask questions and you will probably find the answer. Yeah, I really like that, that you can kind of isolate the keywords and see exactly the increase or the decrease. And I guess just for anyone so that they can be realistic with their tracking, how long do you think it takes from when you implement a change or change up your strategy? How long would you say to wait until someone can then start to see the change or the difference in results? Or can it kind of differ depending on exactly what you do? This is always, this is a question I get quite a lot and it's probably one of the most difficult to answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess it's not going to be, it's not going to be like within the hour and it's not going to be, you know, by the next day you've achieved everything you wanted to do. So no. I guess it's just being a bit more realistic with that timescale and giving yourself a week or so to see some sort of difference would you say yeah absolutely and you can you can track those differences in search console so if you create a new page on your website check back in a few days um, and filter your queries by that page url in in search console and you'll see the keywords that you've started to appear for um, and then it's just a case of improving that so building links to that page um, obviously following HubSpot's link building article, uh, making sure your on-page SEO is really good. Um, and then if you're able to get your domain authority up to a similar level to your competitors and you've made a good page, then there's no reason you shouldn't rank on, on page one. Yeah, great advice. And you've mentioned um, quite a few really useful HubSpot articles and places that people can go to just learn more about things. I guess, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about HubSpot, but how does HubSpot's SEO tool compare to other platforms? I know you've mentioned um, WordPress and Magento. So what are the key differences that you see between all those tools? To be honest, HubSpot's SEO tools are, are really good. Um, most of my seven years of doing SEO has been on, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, WordPress, Magento, Shopify. Um, that's one I've had some experience with recently. Um, while it shares a lot of the same features as those tools, I think it does it in quite a clean and intuitive way. And also one really big benefit that you don't get with those kind of platforms is that the all of the tools in HubSpot are hosted away from your website. So if you think about um, when you when you load up a page on a website, you're not just loading what you see on that page. You're loading um, everything that's gone into making that page, all of the tools, um, all of the design, all of the the, the different um, PHP and CSS sheets. With HubSpot, because, um, because the actual CMS is on their servers, whereas your website is, is on a different server, it means that the pages load much quicker. There's a lot less. Uh, there's a lot less bloat and a lot less code to load. So, I think while things like um, the SEO suggestions they have in their tools is really good, and the um, like, the fact that you can very easily edit um, pretty much anything on your page, as well as uh, the title and meta description, there are a lot of additional benefits such as that. So, 
HubSpot, HubSpot CMS is absolutely a fantastic tool to use for, for SEO. Great. And, and your listeners are hearing that from someone that sounds like they've used pretty much every tool in the box. So that's a, that's a really good recommendation, I would say. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they've, they've definitely put a lot of emphasis on, you know, improving conversion rates, improving um, organic rankings. It's just, it's just a great tool overall, to be honest. Well, we've, we've almost reached the end of the podcast and I'm sad about it because I'm really enjoying learning from you. But like you said, you've already suggested a couple more episodes, so um, we'll definitely be having you back. But I guess if you had to kind of round all of your advice up into kind of one number one top tip for SEO, what would it be? Focus on giving the searcher the best experience possible. So if you're trying to if you're trying to rank for a keyword, why would someone click on your link rather than one that's already on page one? Absolutely tap into your industry knowledge, talk with experts, you know, really give the customer as much as possible. Focus on communicating the value. Um, provide as much helpful content as possible. Don't worry about word counts. The longer the page, the better, as long as it's um, high quality content. You know, every, everyone's used to scrolling. Everyone's used to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, it's scroll, 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 read, scroll, read, scroll, read. You're absolutely fine having big pages, but as long as they are 100% focused on providing value. That's a really good piece of advice. It made me think of, um, like, when you're interviewing, like, what are you going to bring to the table that no one else is going to? And it's like, I guess it's, it is having that mentality, isn't it? Like, what is the reader mm. going to get from you? What is unique about this? page or what you're doing that's going to set you apart from competitors and having that thought process when you're putting your website together yeah absolutely awesome well that brings us to the end of another episode thank you so much for your time paul it's been a pleasure and i'm sure that our listeners will be looking at ways that they can bring your seo advice into their own websites so thanks again for joining me today thanks for having me my pleasure so if you also enjoyed this episode then please do share it with your friends and colleagues and let us know your thoughts on social media you can tag us at Karma Digital, or if you're loving the podcast, then go ahead and let us know. You can leave us a podcast review. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe by heading to bit.ly forward slash hotspot podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.